Bye bye, Labaton, June 3rd. Hello. Last time we began speaking about one of the stranger and perhaps more radical concepts that one finds in the constellation of halakhic issues. <coughs> we know the concept of Sahaba Bhavira. That's what you all learn. It's also interesting in terms of the sociology of education. In other words, what you learn and when you learn it. There are many, many areas of halakhah and of Jewish hashkafah that we do not touch upon in our yeshiva educations. What people learn about the Kippur and have heard this kind of idea. It's something which is interesting because basically we're taught about Ashi, what Ashi, and Ashi, and it's what Ashi had actually thought to be appropriate to his generation is what we are still learning. Now it's a very surprising, again, sociology of knowledge. What knowledge is offered to you at what particular time is interesting because <coughs> offhand, to make anybody, just to anybody, that what Ashi thought appropriate, Ashi of course, you know, selected from, the, from a broad tradition. Now she had the entire Gemara, Madrash, and it's been a text. <coughs> and when he had a pasuk, he selected. He selected from this Chazal or that Chazal, which he thought was appropriate to 11th century France. Now, who in their right mind would think, who would think that was appropriate in, from 11th century, 11th century France to appropriate for 20th century America? Two different realities. So is it right that we're teaching our kids in terms of values that the commentary that we should necessarily use is Rashi's commentary? It's an important question to ask. As opposed to, for example, if, if one wants to either a Babinel or, you know, who is certainly much more part of the current reality, unless one wants to create a 10th century environment. Why is a Babinel more of today's reality? You certainly, for, okay, for Kid X, Kid X, as a male point of view, our community, Ravenel is more open to the world, the brother is more involved in the world, or Maimonides, or Nachmanides. They're all different commentaries that all dealt with different realities in their contemporary world. So why are we stuck to Rashi? That's an important question. Yet he's part of our texts, and <clears throat> we do try to impose his commentary on everybody. And yet, is necessarily something more important than Ezra, than Amban, or than Rabban? Let's raise that as a question. What do we want to teach our children? That's an important question when you study biblical text. Sorry, biblical text. You have a pasuk, how are we going to interpret it? There are many commentaries. For example, you're studying Bereshit and Pedic Aleph and Bet. If the kids are going to college, again, if the kids are not going to college, it's more reality. Because that's not, I'm not placing a value in one or the other. Saying so what's going to be the reality of your kids? The final goal, we all want our kids to be Shomrei Mitzvot and to have a sense of what Judaism teaches, direction, etc. One may very logically argue that the best commentary on Bereshit Aleph and Bet, not to denigrate any other, but maybe the country of a Soloveitchik on Bereshit Aleph and Bet. That's dealing with their reality. But of course, their reality may not be his reality either. His reality of a PhD, philosophical-oriented, modern kind of commentary may not be a Syrian commentary. May or may not be. Surely that's not an Ater commentary. But is Rashi Mu'ater? Yeah, Rashi's reality, Ater's commentary, is certainly okay. That might fit very well. They're trying to create. The kids may experience cultural shock when they leave the Ater, if they leave the Ater reality, and they come into the world, if they go to college, remember the college, whatever the reality may be, it doesn't matter, whatever it may be, they may be so culturally shocked when they lose everything, as happened to some of the Flappish kids. When a Flappish kid, those who are brighter than the rest, went to Harvard, if they went to Flappish, the reality was zapped, and then we end up intermarrying, or not becoming rich at all. So in that sense, Flappish, Flappish failed most of the bright kids in Flappish, because who were the teachers in Maria, they were these Israeli people who were not very sophisticated, and taught them on a very simplistic level, so when they ended up into the universities, and they were bright, it's like, it's to, certainly with, with a certain kind of picture we're painting over here, they were zapped out of Judaism. It's a horrible thought. It's a horrible, horrible thought. On the other hand, 
Tarvish realized that, reacted quickly to the problem, and he ended up with the, with the Walawaski and the Rabbi Harari and others who were much more sophisticated, and you all had that same phenomenon. You want to resist the phenomenon where a kid can walk out and say, my teachings in 12th grade were simplistic and superficial. No one can call a Walawaski or a Harari number superficial. One class, it's all men. No, that's different. But I took a case, a class in Jewish philosophy. He does teach you. That's not. 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 That's who was a great, wonderful person, who we learned from in Hashkafah, Tureo Moshevanesa, a famous book by Bart. Bart was a banker, and he wrote superficial all these topics. And it was a silly kind of a course. When you have Coleman, the book that he gives you now, he's a very sophisticated kind of a person. He's a PhD in philosophy, getting it or still getting it, I think, whatever. he is, but he's much more sophisticated. So if you did the issue of free will, or God's distance, in Brooklyn College, and you have Dr. Edwards, who was a classic uh, 20th century atheist, and yet you are somewhat prepared to, to view this, re- this issue because you've dealt with it in a sophisticated fashion. Grisman, of course, was an issue for him, so he didn't have it. The only point is that the socio- sociology of knowledge is an important issue that I want us to think about in dealing with Jewish texts. What is available to you? If that she's the only text that you could find, they're not Ramban, not Maimonides. Now, be honest, you may be ill-prepared, ill-equipped to deal with the college universe. You may be, but on who you are and what college you go to and what you take in college. Obviously, for example, you go to college, you take all math courses, and your world of faith has not been attacked. So why worry about it? You come, you know, say, for example, a, um, a physician even, where, again, your science is very practically oriented. It's like becoming a, a garage mechanic. You learn how to sit It's not an issue of values. It's not an issue of, of reality. It's not an issue of, of intellectual mind speculation. You take philosophy. You take history. You take course like this, and you may be attacked. You take sociology. You may be attacked. Something that you have to be prepared to deal with. It depends upon what you've studied is going to either make you more or less prepared for what you're going to take. It depends upon your reality that, that you're going to be exposed to. And how left realm as well. We all know of the Mitzvah Ba'ba which means, can I steal a lulav? Say, but the answer is no. It's called Mitzvah Ba'ba It's a very famous concept, concept in Halakha, or it's not just with. Do not do a sin to make a Mitzvah. Don't steal to give tzedakah. Right? Okay, that's, that's cute. No problem. Don't, don't steal, don't steal a piece of bread. Yeah, it could be more, could be vaguer. Or, or for example, don't steal and say, what for the sins? Give me a Sanhedrin, which is a good one to learn, which is a very interesting and important realm that one has to deal with. Can I steal in order to make a benachar? The answer is no. But you, you desecrated God's name. Okay, but as you're saying, one should study that issue because there are gray areas where that may be appropriate. Okay, that's one issue. The flip side of that is what we're going to be doing now. What's the flip side? Can I do Abedah L'Shem Shamayim? Now that is an important halakhic area, and it is a halakhic area that one has to pursue and delve into and understand. Okay, what's that? Go where they won't tell you the drug. Okay, that's exactly a collection. Somebody's wife is dying and they won't tell the drug for a month because it's a million dollars. Can you steal a million dollars to take the drug? It's more stable. Or, for example, if the government, FDA, has not approved of that drug, what do you do then? And it's all black market, you can get it. There's an article, a Jewish article on it that we did uh, with Rabbi Barry that discusses all the issues. Which article? I'll bring it next time or we'll send it to you. Okay. I have to tell you. Yeah, I don't.
I think it's contemporary halakha, but I'm not sure. Okay, could be. See, that's, that's an important issue. Now, how does halakha deal with these kinds of psychological and or other types of errors? Doing avodah shem shemayim and being in avodah shem shemayim. Same thing. Same thing. That's the difference. No, avodah shem shemayim. No, the other one is slahab avodah. It's the opposite. It's a mitzvah that's going to accomplish by what you're doing in avodah. Okay. It's what comes. We'll have to define it a little bit more clearly. But it's can I steal? Did I say berachah? The answer is no. Okay. That's slahab avodah. Very clear. Very black and white. Avodah shem shemayim. You'll see the exact cases of you're doing an avodah for. We're doing Avraham Shem Shemayim, right? And the issue of it may be one of intention, and what comes first, and how severe of an Avraham are you doing to do, the, to do the mitzvah, and what mitzvah are you doing? So we're introducing right now here subtleties that we have to explore. What you'll say, yeah? I think there's also a difference between the Torah from man to God and man to man, because maybe yeah, if you're doing it to save a person or to save a person's feelings or embarrassment, you might be more allowed than That's to good. say that aha. Absolutely correct. Shall we make that difference? That distinction. It's It's certainly a good premise. Can we make distinction? The answer is not right. Not really. And not the state. You'll see that there are four or five areas, and I hope we get to it. There are four or five areas that one has to explore and one has to say that in these areas I can. And it ain't necessarily so. Maybe that for sure do not have a guy's life. In that case, probably yes, but not necessarily. We'll see. Yamran Shabbat, if you if you did the homework, talks about a case where can I, for example, I see a guy put in his intention, put in his bread to be baked, started baking, right now the banana. Once it becomes fully baked, it's a day raita. He's Hayat Sekila. I was born and everything else. Don't do don't I did it anyway. I'm gonna bake my bread, I don't care what happens. I I come along and say, No, I'm gonna stop this guy from being over on the Deoraita, which is Hayat Sekila. How do I do by taking out the bread? But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to the bread. I can't do that. So am I allowed to do this mitzvah, this avira, right? To save him from a mitzvah deoraita. I'm going to do the avanan to save him from a deoraita. Can I do that? Right? Let's go to the source yet. We're not going to get to that point yet. Let's see what we're talking about over here. And these are the kinds of issues. These are the kinds of issues. Can one violate a mitzvah? That is to form an Avadam in order to help somebody else. Where, what are the parameters? Very good example of that, be very practical. I'm, in, I'm an outreach person. I go to a seminar. Somebody asks me a question. Is it really true that boys and girls cannot touch each other? That's one of the most famous questions asked an outreach partner. Maybe, yeah. So can you lie to that person say, oh, for sure, do whatever you want in, in, a, in a premarital or postmarital relationship. Do whatever you want, anytime you want. It's all free love. And you lie. And you misrepresented Judaism in order to bring that person closer. Not sure anymore. Not sure anymore. The way to do it is without Let's say that's the issue. Pins you down. Pins you down. That's good. Yeah, can't do that. Metaphorically, some way, or the other, the same side. Really says that. Really says that issue. Now there's many other issues. Is it really true, this, this comes up all the time, is it really true that Judaism rooted out the Shvat Amim or, or believes in now Jihad against Amalek, whatever the case may be, can I lie in order to bring that person closer? Or even more specifically, person says you want to invite the person to ask Shabbat because you want to show Shabbat to all of that, and therefore you invite that person to ask Shabbat, you know the person's going to drive. Serious question. Because it's not going to get there where we all feel it's appropriate 
you know, that we share our values with, with another religious, uh, religious another person, yet <clears throat> I know he's going to die. Now, the, the knee-jerk answer to that is... Which, which, is the, which is the knee-jerk answer is the question. <laughs> is the knee-jerk answer yes or is the knee-jerk answer no? the knee-jerk answer... Yes, it, well, no, that's what you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, no, no, I never got a yes. That's, I never that's, got that's that. very surprising. I can get a yes. I, 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 I got a well, 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 but that doesn't no, work. No, the answer is the answer is that well, David Cohen, you know, was a very famous uh, Portsmouth and of great stature, and in course of the right right wing, would say no. You should tell the person that he can't come before Shabbat. You know he's going to drive back home anyway. But push mm-hmm. that person to say, stay in my house over. There's a rule view. No, no, no. What? No, you can say, go say. Though you know he's not really going to do so, he, you know, he, yeah, you you will allow. Yeah, you don't force them to drive back home. Mm-hmm. So that means he'd allow that. Well, that's so that's that only for Friday night. What if you're talking about Saturday? And you won't really wouldn't. Okay, but that's the issue that we're talking about over here. It's really Mitzvah, it's Avidah, so you're going to do an Avidah, tell me that, come, 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 come on Shabbat, to Shem Shemayim. Right? We understand what we're talking about. So that's the kind of you can you can you not yet. But in terms of, um, in terms of like, oh, we're going to make the food example, it's not the same thing, because eventually that's going to lead the person to be misled. In other words, eventually that person, if they do become religious, you will find out that you lied and totally be turned off anyway. So it's not like... <coughs> maybe uh, yes, maybe that, no. May, that may be what you but law. It depends upon how you phrase it. Well, well, you really can. Don't worry about it. It's always good. I'm no, not going to be... I don't think that's right. It's totally misleading well, them. I think morally, it's morally... Yeah, I think... Morally, the truth everything. and defend it. That's what I think. When they argue with that, that's not really the truth in that particular context. Telling a person who is not religious at all, in any which uh, category, shape, or form, something that is that is not, that is almost um, relatively true, but it's not, no, it's absolutely true, but it's not relative to his context. It's sort of like, 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 where the person is she, is she, is she a beautiful bride, right? So now, Rich and is an absolute, says, no, she's not, tell she's not, that's it, end story. But today, one says she's true. It says a true statement, no, she's pretty. Now, how is it pretty? She's pretty. What does she mean she's pretty? No, she's honestly, she's pretty. Well, my husband is stunning. Yeah, they call it anything that they ask me, it's a nice dress. Yeah, beautiful. You can call it something else when you throw it out. So, what she is, the answer is that, that he loves us, say she's beautiful, because she's beautiful to the husband to be, whatever it may be. Okay, that's one possibility. But the other way of saying, what Bethany is really saying is that she really is beautiful. In a, in a spiritual sense, what does beauty mean? Right. A, is it a physical thing? It might be a lot of different kinds of beauty that are involved. So there is a beauty that's relative to her context that one should engage in. She may be ugly to you, but there's a beauty for which she participates in. All human beings are saying they're all beautiful in one sense or another. They say little king. Her divine image is really beautiful. And that's not, that's not a, you know, it's not a libel concept, it's a true concept. Okay. So my point over here would be, is that, that what you think to be a true statement might be true that one cannot do X, Y, and Z, the Shem Shammai, uh, in a, in a absolute Shem Shammai personality context, but to a different context, is that truth always true? For example, is a lie, this is a Manu Khan's famous dilemma, can you lie, the runner is running after this wonderful person, 
which way did it go? You lied, so you went down on a battle road. Now, is that really a lie? Right? Is it really a lie? So the truth of his life is more true than that relative statement you made, which you think is a lie, but it's not really a lie. In other words, one is to find what truth in mind really is. No, but truth in context, I'm saying. But the semantic thing, did God say that we should kill our malek? Or did the Bible say that we should kill our malek? Yes, it says it outright. So what does it say about malek? I'm not going to tell him, oh, no, no, we don't believe in that. Because they're over there. Oh, I'm going to hear me. We have to tell him more about it. It's not so clear. You can mislead them. I don't know, misdirect them. Your end of my question was a practical answer. They may find out and get turned off anyway. Something's not a fact. Yeah, correct. But let's assume but by then they'll be so much part of the system that they're going to they're going to really say understand it better then. That is Harambam does in one in the Bukhin. He will mis directly clearly mislead you and lie in order to what? Teach you something more important and higher a higher level of truth later on. You're not ready for this truth about the unchangeability of God beginning with Anabukhim. But, yeah, exactly. So you do, right, you do, you don't teach about sex in the first grade, because that's right, or second grade, or fourth grade, or eighth grade, or not that grade, depending on who you are, but you, 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 you tell them, first grade, the storm comes. In second grade, third or fourth grade, they love each other, and the baby comes. God gives the baby. By eighth or ninth, tenth grade, they say, well, this really happens. So, <gasps> so what do you do? You, you, you really, in a sense, mislead them. So this is part of reality, that you can't teach every single person, every single truth that you are aware of at every single point in time. But I resent the way we've taught in elementary school. I don't think it's right. I don't know how you were taught. In other words, everything's good and bad. You know, like, things are black and white. And yeah, not talking about that issue. I don't, okay. know, I don't want to go a too far afield. What I'm addressing, really, is that, is that question that everybody engages in this subtle form of, in quotes, deception in order to teach proper values. You may teach a child, for example, it's absolutely terrible wrong to steal, right? When he's in first, second, third, fourth grade. But you can all think of examples where it's appropriate to steal, as you raised before. You die in a car, can I steal the apple? The answer is yes, you can steal the apple. But we, we do, we teach subtleties later on, and grades later on. We give hierarchies of values later on, whereas at a certain point it's not going to teach, to teach absolute, uh, or, or teach absolutes at certain points, and at certain points it's, it's more appropriate to teach absolutes. You want to give a kid a, a, red, a red, rock, red rock bottom set, don't steal, fine. But by 12th grade already, you can steal in certain situations in order to preserve a life. Right? We all know that. So the question is, you have to do all education through the deal with subtleties. What's appropriate when? For a particular line. Barbara, sorry. It's okay. Um, I just want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. I want, I'm curious to know... That's a buffer Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get to my test. I'm, gonna, I'm pushing fast. Okay, yeah. I'll just ask you quickly. Um, okay, the halakha you were saying if you invite someone over to your house that's not religious on Friday night, you should tell them to drive to your house before Shabbat and yeah. then it's okay if you just sort of try to convince them to sleep over and right. if they don't, then it's okay if they drive right. home? Absolutely. Exactly. Because uh-huh. yeah. okay. you come across that a lot. I mean, and you, and you don't, you know, yeah. as a non-religious person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. That's appropriate. And it seems to be, you know, a workable solution. As long as you said, I have a room for you. Then I have them driving home. Then I have a look for you. Because we brother most of this happens all the time. That was a lot of work. Yeah, no, no. The way they tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Make it real. Yeah, he's, he says make it real. He's telling them, make it a, a real possibility. Right. Make it better. So then I'm driving. You know he's going to drive, but you know he's going to drive home anyway. He doesn't refuse. So it's okay. Yeah. He's dealing with the real world. The same issue is of, of co-education. Can you have co-education? in a community, can you have it out of town. 
how do you deal with the issue? <coughs> Here's a question that he deals with in, in this uh, particular uh, lecture. What about, can you work with conservative rabbis to have a board of kashrut in a time that's in books by Pennsylvania, for example? Why is that an issue over there? So there, if you don't involve conservative rabbis, you don't have no kashrut board at all. You can't do it, the, the only other trouble is talk conservative rabbis, you need them. That's going to all be, you're going to be the head of it, you're going to be the forsake of halakha, so it's not a conservative issue, but it's can you work with them in order to bring back this kashrut? You, some rabbis will say, no, I'll share the Chaim Rasha, don't be part of the Sha'in. Before rabbis, atheist rabbis, who knows what, can you do that? Are you really doing a sin and getting a mitzvah? Or are you really doing Avrash of Shamayim? Right? No, nobody deals with the lunch issue of Shabbat? The lunch issue? If you're going to invite someone for lunch, yeah. there's no way of... It's a very tough <laughs> issue. It's a tough, no, it's a tougher issue. I mean, but it's reality. Well, it's not only nighttime. Dealt with it. I believe you didn't deal with it. I mean, it that is reality. It's not only nighttime that you invite people. It's really if you know, if you invite him, you know for sure he's going to be all there. That's sort of our issue. So you're doing Avodah of Shammai. Oh, okay. Let's so it only belongs to cer- in certain answers to certain restricted, air- restricted areas. You can do Avodah Kala to Shem Shammai. So to what issue? We'll get to that in a minute. Then we're really close for time now. So it's... Um, I don't know where I start. Yeah, so Kapkimam, Amud Al, and Amud Be. Shabbat. And Shabbat also want to do. Because this Gemara over here deals with a lot of these types of issues. We'll skip the first from the Mishnah. I want you to the, the whole Mishnah from Kafkim of Avabek. And maybe we'll have another case to go through these. But here we have issues exactly like that. Let's say, for example, just to raise the issue where a woman makes X and O. We're not going to do X. Right? You come in the Nezira, let's say. You come in the Nezira. There's no wine, let's say. Right? No wine. And the husband says, This is crazy. It's going to be all kinds of crazy. And so the husband has a, has a right to nullify her oath. He nullifies it with the yellow of the oath and, and he doesn't, she doesn't know that. <laughs> then she transgresses. And she transgresses, right? We could do that another occasion. Am I happy with skipping this? So he has the right to do that, right? What the if and what and wherefores of, of that are, we can put those on. But here, so now, she then says, no, I hate this oath that I took, I'm going to go have a, a glass of wine. Drinks it up. Now, did she violate that violation? She didn't really do anything reality-wise because she wasn't under oath, right? But she intended to transgress, right? Her attention to what counts? What you did or your intentions? In Judaism, it's your actions. We didn't do it again, but I'm not going to go into it. You want to raise the issue. Or let's say, for example, the second case that he brings over here is that a person has... Uh, two meats. He wanted to <coughs> eat a nice kosher piece of meat. Turns out it's a piece of pig's fat. Terrible. Right? Or he doesn't know whether it's A or B, kosher or not kosher, and he eats one. There are different cases where his intention is good, but his deed is not good. Or the opposite. Or the last case that he brings down below <coughs> is a case where person does korban pesa, and he's doing the Vashem Mitzvah, one person's Vashem Mitzvah, what's the other guy doing for? He's hungry. Right? So that's, that's really, you know, that's really one issue. Let's look at that issue over here. You have a pasuk, right. This is the second long line. Ki yisharim darche Hashem, tzadikim ilchubam, koshim kashlubam. The ways of God are straightforward and righteous, the righteous people shall go, and the koshim kashlubam. What's an example? Mashal. 
שני בני אדם ששאלו את הפסח הם, ראש הדרך לבא פסח, אחד אכלו לשם מצווה ואחד אכלו לשם אכילה גסה. One was hungry, one did לשם מצווה. He who ate לשם מצווה, צדיקים לחובה. That's a righteous man. And he who ate it, because he was just simply famished and gluttonous and ate it, לשם גסה, he's a פושעיה. Right? In other words, the same deed was done, but the intention differs. Does intentionality play a role in a מצווה או not? That's the question that you're raising over here. So the premise of the Gemara is that it, in fact, does play very much a role. Now that's a double-edged sword in that. Let's say the opposite happened. A man ate a piece of non-kosher food, but his intention was a Shem Shemayim. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's the case of this. That's a Shem Shemayim. So one can argue for the premise that whereas, in this case, intention plays a role, either positively or negatively, so too in the opposite case. Where a guy ate a piece of pizza, but his intention was to life, should make a difference also. Intentionality should be everything. But it's not a Jewish law. Well, we didn't get to that. We didn't analyze this whole time. This is an option. But it's not key. One, two, three, fourth line from the... Amalia Shakish, right. The Shakish, in fact, says, You're going to call the man, not Lashem Mitzvah, but rather Lashem Achilah Gassai. He's very ravenously hungry. So that's absurd. Now, just parenthetically, interestingly enough, Rashakish is, of course, known to have been a ruffian. He was a gangster. Right? And all of a sudden, he met Rabbi Yochanan, who was beautiful, and was so mesmerized by his physical beauty that Rashakish became a great righteous person. So he's going to defend the evil men. Because right? he's from that school of thought. I originally was a 49, I was this terrible guy. You call me Rashad because I had the wrong intentions, but I did some bits more. Don't take them away from me. So a person who keeps Shabbat, not because of God, not because he cares about testifying to creation. Why is he Shabbat? I stay asleep. My wife won't bother me. I have a right to sleep and all that stuff. Is he fulfilling God's will? Oh, it's not Hashem Shamayim. But Hashem is all individual physical tiredness. Right. So the Shakisha's point of view has this is a, a major machloket over here that if your intention is less than noble, but you did the mitzvah, does that put you in which in which ballpark? You want absolute spirituality, absolute pure intention, which is the first opinion. And many of us are drawn to that opinion. A man who's corrupt. Right? And does the right physical deed with the wrong intention, you want to say he's okay? I have a tendency to say, no, he's not okay. Right? You see why? He's done the deed without the wrong intention. I'm going to put him in the same ballpark as a sadiq? Certainly not. But that's the opinion of the first Mandi Amar. The first statement is that the guy was, was a, was a, did the mitzvah physically, went through the motions, but he didn't really care about any spirituality, any inwardness, any kabbalah. You want to say he's a good man? The first person says, absolutely not. He's an Ashan Gamur. Right? The Shakim says, hold on a second. Now again, I just noted his background because it's relevant to this, perhaps. He's relevant. He says, one second, what are you doing? He did the mitzvah at least. He ate Korban Pesach, so it wasn't the greatest intention. He's good. We do it all the time, he's saying. So the first is an absolute black and white kind of approach. I want nobility of intention. Period. But that's what only Hashem can really judge. Yeah. So what? No, no, no. It doesn't matter. Nobody ever really knows what's going on. I didn't mean to kill him. Even so, even so, we're not going to judge. We're talking about how do we view that person. 
the first statement is saying that if we know that a man is eating Moshem Achil Agesa, and he tells you, I don't care about your mitzvah. It's I'm not your zet- place to judge anyway, though. It's a different issue. Yes or no, perhaps, yes, perhaps, no. Right here he's judging him. He's saying that a man that you know that ate, says, I ate Moshem Achil Agesa, and so it's good up, he said, I don't care that I have a very kosher piece of it, I, I'm famished. I go up to God's say, probably, and I go to McDonald's. Right? And it happens to be that they serve me a kosher uh, milkshake or a kosher French fry, whatever. It happens to kosher. I don't care if it's kosher or not kosher. I don't care. I'm eating because I'm famished. How many Jews is that true of? Four million, five million Jews. Right? Don't care whether it's kosher or not. They stop. It happens to be the opposite. It happens to be kosher king. Right? We're having the really, really, really kosher, kosher country. Right? Happens to drive by, happens to kosher, eats this hamburger. Okay, that's because he didn't care. Right? He ate a kosher, he did a kosher deed. But by saving this guy, you also you, you see the flip side, and then the guy who intended to do good and, and ended up doing bad, and uh, it has to. If you say intention is irrelevant, then intention is irrelevant on both sides of the issue. So if someone intends to do good and tries his best, and it turns out to be a sin, and it's beyond his control, then he still has a sin. So that's an exception. But that's when they want to come to the conclusion and say, no, we're going to hold the Sakishma, so I'm going to do both the Shem Shemayim, so to speak. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that one way it's difficult. He may want to hold both points of the dilemma and say that, he may want to say, because Halakha can work this way. Meaning, his intention was negative, evil, but did a good deed. It's going to say the guy's good. He did the mitzvah. Right. This is kind of, um, you know, or was the opposite. The guy had a great intention, but he, had, he ended up eating uh, the pig's fat. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Give him a check. I like this guy. <laughs> 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 well, exactly. That might be the sucky, because why? Because what's the, from this context, what's the ultimate truth over here? The ultimate truth is, drawing it into the system. Yeah. That's part of the ultimate truth. The other part of the ultimate truth is that after Pisa Chata Yisrael Hu is that one strain in, in Chachamim that no Jew can, can obviously sin egregiously that every Jew has a good and the Gemara Tata which would say which would say that um, what does that mean? Ever did a sin he was crazy really is good. That Israel are Nevi'im or Bnei Nevi'im. So every Jew is good. That's the Rishakish Chazal attitude. Every Jew is good. Everybody, exactly. So that's one Rishakish type of approach on the one end. On the other hand, but have you not, you have to raise this question, have you not sacrificed mm-hmm. on the altar of your good intentions what Judaism means? Everybody ends up becoming such a solely white, then the Tzadik is the same as the Rasha. So what do you have left? The first statement of here was to say what? No, there's a right and wrong in this world. The second opinion says, you know, even here, look. Okay. No, it wasn't his fault. You went crazy. You end up with the most massive crime in history, and you have nobody guilty, because everybody really believed Jews are vermin. They really believed Jews are hard. Jews stink, Jews are Jews are corrupting the world. So you kill the Jew, but look what he thought. I killed that, I killed the rat. That's that, that, that she thought would end up saying that. No. So, yes, it was. It might. Then I just take it one step further. Take it to the That's the logical definition. There's no right and wrong, everything is good. 
Yeah. If you do it every day, no, no problem. The actions will count, and he killed six million people, and that was the actions count. But it's not, it's intention. Yeah, it's it's intention. Well, his intention was bad and his actions were bad. He doesn't go out the, uh, he's ridding the world of that. Right, but we don't believe he's ridding the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, but we don't believe that there's an objective that was, there was, there's an outside view that would say that his intentions weren't good or either. We have a problem with that. We have a problem with that. Is that either he's deranged, he's crazy, not guilty doesn't mean that he's good. Not guilty doesn't mean it's a mitzvah. No, because he's not guilty of any crime. Either he's crazy or he really believed what he was doing. He was a very extreme, but they really, they really, really believe that I'm ridding the world of all evil influences. The Jews are viewed as evil. The whole Christian church believes this. The Jews are the children of Satan. If you associate with Jews, you become evil. So if a Christian fundamentalist kills a Jew, it's according to Yishita. I'm not happy about it, but it's according to Yishita. So what is so you need to have an objective right and wrong, but intentions like it was a Messiah killed the Arabs. Whatever, whatever it may have been. I don't want to take that position, obviously. But the point of the name is that we, you can't have it both ways. There's that piece of thing, and everybody's good, and, no, and it blurs all distinctions. It's a problem for us, equally so to the other way. Let's go one step further. Indeed, the person might do a great wonderful mitzvah So now, if you're saying, look, he did something good, so Rakesh takes a more nuanced position than I just expressed, right? What is he saying? Look, as long as you did a good deed, he's saying you did a good deed, did the It wasn't the best, but it was a good deed. Counted as good. Don't call him Asha. So what Rakesh wants, that though his intention was negative, he did a good deed, he did something good, therefore his physical actions speak louder than his intentions. Right? What's the first opinion in this, in this context? That the opposite, namely, that his intention counts more than his actions. Right? You should be seeing the nuances of both over here. Both are very powerful positions, and it's a machloket, and, and it's a very powerful machloket. We are really attracted to both. We don't want to say that intentions which are good are count when a deed is evil, as in Hitler. Because that's still good. Bring the word of Jews. Right? That's good. How do you define good? I can't buy in that that one's good. No, I agree with that. It was good. Yeah, but I'm not going by his system. There's a system in the world. It's not like he was commanded, like we were commanded to kill Amalek. That's wrong. He was he was bred and nurtured on good. I mean, look at what the Jews are doing. They weren't doing anything that so was He was not part of reality, perhaps. So then he was, he was no, crazy. No. Who said he had to be part of reality? Maybe the way. But if you read Luther, if you read Luther, and, if you, and you're a good Protestant, Luther says the most vile, or John for that matter, exactly. the most vile terms of the Jews were horrific. Now, if you well, were nurtured on that, society. if you drank that in with your mother's milk, which is what, you're what right. they phrase that, but he's nurtured on the evil of Jews. And so he's, a, he's a mitzvah. He viewed it as a mitzvah. He's great. It was a noble deed. Hitler said it. 
to his so let him look at society. He could see but let him look at society. Let him, let him look at the Jews that he did not want to do. But whatever he saw the Jew doing that seems to be good. There's something wrong with that. You're not you're not asked to judge if they're a good person or not. You just right, but we were really commanded. Yeah, but the question is am I let him be right? Am I let him be that simple? Didn't they change that? But you can live in harmony now? Oh yeah, the folks. What I thought. What we're saying, or we just care. Therefore, is that let's just say folks in our text is that this Rakish would say this more in quotes liberal position that though because it's a good deed. In other words, the Rakish is not going to that extreme position. The deed does count because his physical deed was good. Though that was evil, he was. So that's about that. Let's go on. Okay. And another man is living with the same situation with his wife and his sister. Nothing wrong with this, not perverse. What happens? What does that mean? That comes the night time and he, it's dark, there's no lights, right? And he crawls into bed with the wrong one, in one case. And with the right one, in the right case, right? He comes home, it's late at night, and um, it's a two-bedroom apartment, and they switched bedrooms. He didn't wear because of the draft. So one didn't like the draft, but the wife didn't realize it. But she didn't know it was wrong or not wrong. So what happened? So, so one, in these two cases, one goes to bed with his wife, no problem. One goes to bed with his sister. It's an incestual story. That's good in both cases, right? What happened? The one who ended up with, with his wife said, In other words, here the case is what? That his intention was good, but his deed was bad. It's the opposite case above. It's the same two men, two guys Two different men in the same scenario. Okay, but what, what's the. One guy thinks he's sleeping with his. Why? Right. 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 The point of here, obviously, is that maybe she's married also and have her husband, and they all live together in one big house. Good, okay. Right. 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 That's not right. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the issue of law, the issue is the usual. We try to find a case where one is the same as the other. One guy is psychic, one guy is a rasha, right? So, so say that's not a good case. Oh, we agree <laughs> on something. Because yeah, we're, we're not trying to tell the two different outcomes. We're not trying to evaluate this case or not this case. 
which are but talking about one guy who, a case that we had above, right? One guy who took, had two pieces of meat and he ate one. Here you have two different outcomes, two different people, two different stories, right? So our case, above talking about, what about a case where you have one man who has to eat a piece of meat and his intention is X and it turns out to be Y. In other words, he thought his coach ends up being Tareh, so his intention is going to end up being the, the D was no good. Or even the opposite. Where he wanted to be it to be he wanted to eat pig's fat, and then end up with kosher. He went to the, he went to uh, McDonald's and had to be a kosher hamburger. So that's what we don't want this case is not a good case. I don't want to argue the pros and cons of that case we just dealt with. It's not what the Gemara is talking about. But what's the case we're talking about? Where one man gets involved and from the same D, the same incident, has two different perspectives. Right? Not two different guys, two different women. No. Same D for the worst example. Not what do you mean? Their intention was the Shem Mitzvah. We want to co-create the world. We, we have to do this. It's horrible, it's horrible, we have to do it. They said to keep the Ruba. He, Lord, whose intention was pleasure and incest, the Shem Avirah. Because he's a Poshaya. So he says, hold on a second. The Dilma, perhaps, maybe Lord also had a Shem Mitzvah. But no, he's seeking the Pesukim that Lord really knew and he really did it with Shem Avirah. But he saw Lord, but he saw Eshet Adonai, but in the end. When he says, he saw Lord, means he really looked licentiously at his daughters. Right? So he saw them in a sexual context. So when this happened, he was thrilled. What am I talking because he thought it was great. But Yad, also word by Yad. But he saw them. He looked at them. But Yad Otan, same word by Yad appears also in another such as context. And also he says, by Yad. Then he saw also the whole Yad there. He was an evil man. So every single word that we see about love is evil man. So his intention was always evil. Right? So now, hold on a second. He says, <coughs> But hold on a second. What's this for? Right? All those other words that we try to vilify him, right? Right? After the act, no, that wasn't his fault. He was drunk. Yeah. Was his fault? He was forced to do this. He anis, he anis, and he was forced. Hold on a second. We have a word of that in the Torah on the Uf Kuma. Why is that there? Shel bechidan umar that indeed it's true. She bechidan when she thought when she went to sleep with him, look at that. But when she got up from the bed, yet he knew. He knew that this really happened. Right? What could he do? What happened, happened. Right? That he knew what happened when she got up. Right? And therefore, it's true, the first act with the Bechura was not his fault. But then what should he have done? Should he have drunk wine the second night? He knew what was going to happen, and he did it 
intentionally, which shows that he really was an evil person. Now, here we have the same act, and one is viewed as Avodah Hashem Shabbayim, and it's okay, and one was for Shemis Kashubah, one was viewed as, what? As it says. Same act, viewed in two different ways. Not with this, but just from the Torah, whether the second order was a second order. So she didn't know that she'd get pregnant from the first one. Well, yeah, but the first one, I was definitely... Well, I don't know. It seems the text of the other thing is that... Right, but you were both Arashem Shemayim. We're not making decisions. He was not. Right. Yeah, but did he know there were other people in the world? No. So then why wouldn't he be Arashem Shemayim? Or are you just saying because he enjoyed it? He was dragged, he didn't know better. Second one, he knew what they did. Yeah, but if he knew better and he thought there were no other people in the world, is it right? Okay, good. The Gemara would say because the intention here, their intention was to procreate. His was to simply enjoy himself. Even if he knew that, even if he thought there were no people in the world. He didn't care about sex. Put it quite blankly. So why is it different than the Korban Hizah? He ended up doing the Salah St. Tomai. Nobody else in the world, but he had the wrong intention. Good. So now this, this Gemara is concluding like the first opinion or the Sakish. Now wait, oh, wait, also, but there's one other point, that the deed is different mm-hmm. than that case, even because in the first case, there's a guy did a mitzvah with the wrong intention. He did an avira with the right intention. Mm-hmm. Well, today you're trying to do it the wrong. It's kind of the opposite case. Right. right? So now, <coughs> let's try to work with yours. No, I understand that. Why? It's a very legitimate answer. Te- we're ending up saying that in two cases. The Shakish one said, if you did a mitzvah, Meshem Avira, you're okay. Right? Right. The Shakish is saying above, you ate Kodban Pesach, even because you're famished, you don't give it a mitzvah, you're okay. Yeah, right. You want to do it, you're good, you're okay. Okay, good. Okay, we buy that? Yeah. Number one. What is Engage teaching you? That you did an Avera, the Shem Shamayim, you also were okay. Look, Lord's case is the daughters are okay to be the Avera Shem Shamayim. The daughters or what? Just the daughters. The daughters are okay. But Lord, who did an Avera Shem Avera, he's, ne- he's negative. He did a bad deed with a bad intention. Now, in this case, Hitler, who did a bad deed. Now, if his intention was the Shem Shamayim, what then if you look at it, you said it was a good deed. <laughs> no, but this one, you're right. But I'm not let's, let's take it right now. I still can't He did a bad deed. Yeah, I and they did a bad deed, right? They did a If it's Hashem Shamayim, it's all words. If it's not Hashem Shamayim, it's only God to judge, well, I was before, before, then if it's Hashem Shamayim, then he's okay. You know, it's how he really believed in this. If I really believed he wanted to save the Jewish, uh, save the Jewish people, the Jews, whatever it may be, that's how one evaluates these cases. It's Shamayim. In all these cases, the deed is nefarious and evil. Intention counts. Do you feel comfortable with that conclusion? The, he did an Avera, the note law, incest. It's a heavy trip. We're talking about heavy stuff. The Shem Shamayim, right? Avera Shem Shamayim, you're okay. You Avera, the Shem Shamayim, the note law, you're no, before. First, 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 first,
right. So, English and right. That's so the same thing. That we, we have not yet rigorously analyzed all the cases. I'm just presenting different possibilities that were asked. Halakha recognizes Avera, Kisaba Avera, right? That's the one we stole in Avera, which is negative. Why is that negative? But it's the same thing as this. You're doing everybody last time. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that both halakha concepts exist. I'm not defining each one. Nobody does. No, I didn't explain it yet. No, you're right. In that I didn't explain it yet. We don't, we don't have all the details of this halakhic issue yet. But I'm saying to you that both halakhic concepts exist. One cannot absolutize and say, therefore, that every avera that's done, though it leads to a mitzvah, no, I didn't explain that it was good. And say berachana. Yes. No. We may come to the conclusion as you put that point. Maybe it's the berachana of Chavro Perhaps we're not going to come to that, but that's one possible answer to that. That any time you can do avodah of Shemaim, which involves Hashem, say berachana, no good. If still you say berachana Hashem, no good. Wait, wait. On the other hand, if I'm going to do an avodah l'shem and Adam, perhaps I may then say it's good. That's one possible way of distinguishing between these two cases. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We, not, we may not conclude that way because we have this whole issue yet. But that's certainly one operating principle of how to distinguish these two cases. Right now, it's just to show that these two cases exist. That you can have, as you pointed out, Avera Shemayim, which is no good. I stop saying Beracha, I still love saying Beracha. And Avera in incest, which is good. Two halakhic principles exist. We've not yet analyzed the differences between them yet. But that's a good working decision. Yeah, we okay? Yes, and when is it the same thing as personal and affecting somebody else? That might be another issue. Another way of operating factor, factor sure. in trying to determine the distinction between these two issues. And with the ultimate intention of it, if it's your own thing? Perhaps. Because you want yeah, that's one. Or the, yeah, that's one possibility. Or let's say I want to do an avira, right? To save him from an avira kara, right. to save him from sinning from a hamura. One. Good. What's an example of that? <clears throat> I allow, as a rabbi, co-education in my community because I don't want the kids going to public school with drugs or, or whatever else may be. So I'm doing Avirat Kala, letting boys and girls learn together in order to save them from a much worse scenario. Right? So that would be Avirat Hashem Shemai, and it's okay. Sorry? No, that's an issue. I'm assuming it is. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming it is. Assuming it is. So that would be okay. That's Avraham as opposed to Mitzvah Now, some may argue that that exact that one case. Some may argue, no, that's from Mitzvah Bavera, not Mitzvah Right. So now, let's say from Philadelphia, will say that in that particular case, you do Mitzvah Bavera. However, they'll say, no, that's Avraham Shemayim. So the same exact case. Same answer. Sorry. It's the same answer. Same no, no. no. I'm saying you can't do it. Because much more to the right would say, no, it's absolutely wrong, it's terrible. Yeah, that's called a mitzvah ba'avira. He'd rather you go to public school. Right. Also, mitzvah ba'avira is never wrong. Correct. And implicitly, always, unluckily, means prohibited. Right? What's the other term? Okay. Let's go one more step. And we're not going to finish now, so if you would like to um, meet and deal. But one more time before the yes. end, whenever you're going, just to finish the issue, because I'm going to get to one more point. Today you have a new story, which is a continuation of our story. The Rasha Vah, my different, you have a pasuk. Ah, Nifshah, a brother, 
who is offended or sinned against, if shot, sinned against, Mikriyat Oz is harder to win over than to conquer a sin. He's so angry. Right? We don't have it. We didn't see do what? Oh, she does an image. Oh, okay. I just meant not to anyway, so that's the point you started. Okay, um, he tr- tries to get exactly this a- issue that, just to take off that really to us, that Lot, who is a brother who was offended, Lot Yukadesh Me'avraham, Umidinim Gibriach Armon, that his, um, his anger and his contentions against you are stronger. A brother who was angry at you, what you did to him, is worse or harder to win back than even conquering the city. So the example is Lot. And therefore the result of that is we never allow the Ammonites who the children of Lot and the Moabites who the children of Lot into Karashem. Because he was so angry at Abraham, their argument split them so far apart that even his children never can come back to our Kayla. Not that also Aisha. Um, and then you have another pasuk that uh, also that nifrad that a person who wants to separate himself like Lord did is doing it for what purposes for evil purposes the ta'ava for his own personal ta'ava and he hates all kinds of wisdom right there Lord and he hated being taught by Abraham and ultimately his children are shamed Amonio Moavi his children are shamed in all synagogues and their midrash because they cannot come and join us in learning right Isurim Usur Olam. Then the next point is Tamar Zinta. By contrast, Tamar did prostitution with Yehuda. She did incest. Is she negative or positive? What is she? That's going it's to also really be incest. sorry. It's not really incest. Yeah, not, well, in, in, she's pagan. Right. But, but it's also her father. But it's also Yehuda, who's a father of Jewish people. And if they kept all the laws of the Torah, which we hope they did, so a father-in-law with his daughter is incest. Uh And if we view that they as having kept the daughter, which we do, she was a widow. She wasn't married to his son anymore. She wasn't married to his son anymore. Not you, not. Shalala. Oh, right. So we don't want to say that. So really, I don't think you want to argue. She wasn't married anymore. She's right. She was married. She was married. So you're asking a halakha question. But he wasn't giving her. Your halakha question is that can one who is a daughter-in-law at one point be then marry a father-in-law? She could. She could. Of course not. No. She's really halakhli. She is already married to Shelah. Yes. Yeah, Unless she's born with she's promised him. What if there is no brothers? Can you marry the father? If there is no brothers, can you marry the father? No, absolutely, of course not. Forever. Is that yeah. the right or the Rabbanan? It's uh, certainly the Rabbanan. I would think also the right. I'm not sure though. Not sure Why would that. she not be allowed to ma- if she's not married to any of the sons anymore? Let's say it's certainly Dravanach, I'm sure of that. Because it's, it's Ma'usla. It could cause it's disgusting. It could cause disgusting. What you marry, right to your son, you're sleeping with? It's in Vaikrayud Hurt. You cannot marry your daughter in law. It's in Vaikrayud Hurt, has all the rest of the uh, prohibitions. So that certainly would be a problem. So why is it okay to marry a brother in law? Brother in law and father. That's the other two. That's the other two. Torah allows you to go to Al-Hamed. Because your brother you love and he's dead, he has no children. So therefore, Torah allows you to give your brother some kind of name, lasting legacy. 
<laughs> the Torah is mechadeshet, okay. that you're allowed to do that. Really, you can't. It doesn't make sense. But you can't if you, you, you die. But you're, in that case, only limitedly, either you do mahalitza. Yeah. The whole conversation that you're talking about today. I, Which, I, by the way, we didn't finish. Right. So please don't come with any conclusions yet. <laughs> don't make any... <laughs> right. We, we'll talk to Miriam about when to do this next. Oh, we'll see. Because um, I do want to finish it. <coughs> you know, but um, and I feel bad that we didn't get through all this. Cause I think you have a lot of... Uh, Weird ideas. <laughs> 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 no, but I really feel that uh, Hashem is really the only one that can judge these things. It's so complex, I don't even know why we're going into it. I mean, in every situation... Oh, it's very practical, first of all. But in every you situation, are, you, you can't situation. say... No, no, let's say you have, you know you, let's say. Before. And you know that you're Hashem Shemayim. You want to invite this guy over to bring him closer. You go to your rabbi and say, okay. I know my, my, my intentions are noble. This is going to work. You come over to Shabbat and come. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's the case. The rabbi knows your intention. Because you don't care about the person, you don't want to marry the person, that. you know. Your intention is, is surely the Shem Shemayim. Okay. No, okay. okay. Also, though, in each case, I think you have to ask because each case is a different. Yeah, situation. I would agree, absolutely. And and yeah. also to go and just sure. judge people and say what he's doing is wrong or is right or, or you, you can't do that. It's so complex because so much of it has to do on their background and where they came yeah, from, right. their environment. In certain cases, it makes you're right. It makes no difference what we say. In certain cases, you're right. We're not judging. Only One judge. person we're could be doing something, and it could be a mitzvah. Another person could be doing the exact same thing. That's our point other. over here. That's exactly what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Say indeed could be A or B for one intention and back and everything else. But well, the were being judged. I mean, they were. But, but you don't come back to the I feel compelled for you to judge someone else. Right. But it's not really compelled for you to judge yourself. I'm also the answer. You always have to ask because you're always going to say that an Abed You always have to ask. You're always going to justify what you're doing. Not necessarily. Yes, you are. You're not necessarily. That assumes every person can't be honest with themselves. No, no, no. No, but a lot of times it's very. It's.